This is the story of a little park in Chicago, sung to a borrowed melody. It's about the people who lived around it and helped build it. Just a little concrete play lot, three blocks west of Logan Square. Nestled in the heart of Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood, there's a particularly beloved patch of green space, a dear oasis in the middle of a crowded community. It's a park that hums with the sound of kids drifting from jungle gym to teeter-totter, from swing to shining swing. And it's a park with a legacy so great that it even inspired a song. Meet me at Unity Playlot, same place we always go. Here, in a diminutive space only two blocks long and half a block wide, a motley group of neighbors banded together and waged an unlikely battle against the mightiest of foes, the Chicago political machine. Most of this land was a parking lot for selling drugs and abandoning cars. 18 years ago, when Joel Monarch, the guy that's singing this song, first moved across the street from Unity Playlot, it didn't look like much. Back then, it was called Playlot number 293. Half was a scrappy playground, the other half was an abandoned city parking lot. There was garbage in the parking lot and beer bottles and that sort of thing. And you could still see the yellow lines where the cars were supposed to park right there on the concrete in the play lot. And you had the slides and the swings uh, built right on the concrete. It was kind of sad. It was about all we had. The city of Chicago didn't want to bother with play lot number 293. Their plan was to sell it to developers. The neighbors were furious. Logan Square has fewer parks than almost any other neighborhood in Chicago, so even a crummy concrete playground stained with motor oil and covered with broken glass seemed worth fighting for. The neighbors lobbied and, surprisingly, City Hall acquiesced. The city even agreed to expand Playlot 293 and asked the neighbors to rename the park. So we had a naming contest, and Unity was the name that got the highest number of votes. It basically comes from... Um, our organizer, he was always telling us before we would go into meetings, you know, don't argue with each other. We need total unity. It was almost like a football chant before you run out in the field. So it just seemed like a natural name. But the city also left the devilish details, like deciding what to put in the expanded park, to the residents. Joel and his neighbors hung flyers announcing the first meeting. What kind of park do we want? Top park district officials want to know. Expand Unity Playlot, kids and teens invited, child care provided, invited guests, Ray Cologne, Chicago Park District, John Dewey. Ray Cologne was in charge of Logan Square for the Park District. He knew the neighborhood since he'd grown up there. We met at the uh, First Spanish United Church over on Wrightwood and Kimball. I know this church well because I used to be a Boy Scout in that church, so we used to play Steal the Bacon and have all our Scout meetings there. And Ray basically said, I'm with the Park District. I want you guys to have whatever you want. I want to hear the kids. I want to hear the adults. You know, what do you want with this space? I want to make your dreams come true as, as much as I can. They wanted a ski slope, and they wanted rollerblading, and they wanted a dog park, and they wanted a jogging path, and we're only talking about a small lot. The competition was fierce, but the neighbors had dubbed this park Unity, and they were sticking to it. Nothing short of consensus would dictate what happened. Ashley Dearborn chaired many of those early meetings. We had welfare mothers standing right alongside 
lawyers, doctors, architects, teachers. And we had even brought in the kids to ask them what kind of things they would like in their part. We decided we wanted it to be for all ages, including teenagers. Catherine Vargas was a meeting regular. And the teenagers had actually come to the meeting on their own to say that they wanted to have activities for them, including basketball. Kids want to play ball, because if they didn't, they wouldn't be putting crates up in alleys. You know, they, they, they put crates up in alleys because they say, I want to play ball, but we don't have a rim. Because there is no basketball court in the immediate area, kids would cut out milk crates and staple them to telephone poles, garages, whatever they could, you know, and that, that would be their basketball court. We need basketball courts. We want basketball courts. Everybody here wants basketball. We were so impressed with these teenagers who got up and spoke and talked about having very little to do in the community. And we thought it was a great idea. To us, it seemed very obvious that if they had an activity they were engaged in, they wouldn't just be hanging out. Routinely, we had a series of votes, and they would always be like 62 to 5 is the vote everybody remembers. 62 to 4, it was the same four people didn't want the basketball court. The others did because we're going to put a fence around it, lock it up. You know, with the understanding we could lock the rims if, if there was a problem there and gangs were taking it over, we could shut it down for any period, any length of time. Uh, but that we wanted to give it a try. We want to give our children a chance to shoot the hoops outdoor instead of shooting each other. Yeah. And then Velma won. Well, she took office somewhere in April or May, and the park was just about to be built, and she showed up as the new alderwoman at our meeting and said there would be no basketball at Unity Play Lot. And I know that I'm never going to make everybody happy. Not even, we can't make our husbands happy, our children happy, sometimes even our neighbors happy. But that's fine, and I got elected to do the best that I could do with the resources that I have at the present. She said there was a silent majority of constituents who didn't want basketball because it would attract undesirables. Vilma Colomb, that's Colomb with an M, was one of the Chicago machine's chosen ones. She'd been handpicked to run the 35th Ward, and many thought she did a fine job. In Chicago, aldermen have almost absolute power, but no one, including Ray Colon, thought Vilma would use that power to effectively veto basketball at Unity. So I was taken back by that because this had been months of work. This had been gut-wrenching, frustrating conversation that had taken place, and for anyone that really attempts to pursue democracy in the right way, there's a lot of time involved and a lot of give and take, and I guess I thought at the time, there's no way that this could happen. The community has spoken, and I can't imagine that anyone has the authority to overrule the community. People were upset because she discounted our feelings, our process of taking ownership of our neighborhood, and it was back to business as usual, Chicago-style machine politics. You know, I'm the boss, I'm the queen of this ward, and what I want, I will get, and what you think, what you say, what you feel is unimportant. Basketball is not a crime. We want to play it all the time. Our reaction was like, no, this is what we as a community have hashed over, and this is what we want, so we decided to fight for it. Basketball and unity, we want the opportunity. So we had protests, and we would rally at the park, we would march to her office, you know, we would sing songs and make up chants. Then the people voted for a basketball court. The aldermen opposed their plan. It bolstered our morale and it gave us 
a second wind and a third wind and a fourth wind to keep fighting. Then the aldermen tried to build benches right over there to prevent the basketball play. Then she tried to actually put benches in, and, and basically all hell broke loose. The benches would have sat smack dab in the middle of the basketball court, preventing it from being a basketball court. It wasn't quite Tiananmen Square, but people actually sat down in front of the city bulldozers, blocking crews from installing the benches. Logan Square residents lined the fence at Unity Play Lot to protest the planned installation of park benches here. We basically had to do a sit-in. We had 96 people on the asphalt with signs, and people were prepared to go to jail. We had a lot of meetings over this one. This is about an outdoor basketball court on this space that the community has already voted on. They're angry that Alderman Vilma Colomb has scrapped plans for a basketball hoop in Unity Playlot Park. She fears it will attract gang members and wants to put in park benches and tables and planters. When she sent in her construction crew, 96 neighbors sat blocking their way. We had to sit in, we'd stop the benches. Meet me at Unity Playlot. So Vilma didn't get her benches, but she also didn't allow the Unity troops to put up basketball hoops. It was the last straw, and the neighbors declared all-out war. It was decided that someone else needs to be alderman of the 35th Ward. Somebody who can work with us, not against us, who respects us. That was Ray Cologne. Uh, it was about probably May of 98 that I approached Ray about running for alderman. I just called him up at the park district one day and said, you know, let's set a lunch date wherever you want to go. Joe Monarch um, invited me out to lunch, and we went to Zorba's, uh, which, you know, I can't pass up Greek food. So we went down to Zorba's, which is just a little hole in the wall. And so I just laid this out in front of him and said, you know, I think you ought to run for alderman. You're the kind of person the community wants, you know, the kind of person that listens and wants to empower the community. People have seen you in action. It won't be hard to sell you. He would go to someone's door. He was so affable and there, present, willing to listen and talk. I never really liked politics. I thought it was corrupt, and I just never had any desire to get involved. Uh, but I realized very quickly that uh, if I wanted democracy to take its course, that you know, I might have to pursue the position of alderman. And pretty much the Ray Cologne campaign started in July or August of 98, on a shoestring with no money, with not a lot of expertise. There were only about 18 serious, solid volunteers in that campaign. There were 34 or 35 precincts, and we worked our hearts out. But the bottom line is that we had a bunch of activists from Unity Playlot and whoever else we could find. So we got 40% of the vote in 1999 when we ran Ray. We were demoralized, but we weren't undone. We want to get the meeting started because we know you are busy. And, and we created a new group, and the group was called Neighbors for a New 35th Ward. It wasn't 18 people. It was close to 200 people. Ultimately, that was the group that worked to get Ray to run a second time. Thank you for participating in the democratic process. And the second time around, um, our band of neighborhood know, marauders had not only the heart, but the muscle. They flooded the streets, knocked on hundreds of doors, schooled themselves to spot various types of election fraud, and immerse themselves in every aspect of the campaign. The day of reckoning is upon us. 
Then came election day, 2003. May democracy prevail. People have no idea how elections are lost and won in the city of Chicago. This is Ray Colon. He's running for Alderman. It's very seldom that somebody who doesn't have the mayor's support wins. Thanks for coming to vote. And it all comes down to election day and how many people you have working for your candidate. To see street corners that are so plastered with the machine's candidate signs and so many city workers that are out there trying to influence people to vote who have absolutely no idea who that candidate is. It's very intimidating. We did the phone tree. We're looking real good. Got a bunch of great volunteers. And then to take a campaign where you have a complete volunteer effort, very, very grassroots, lots of handmade, homemade signs. It's, it's a lot like David and Goliath. Chicago's number one news. There was only one incumbent tonight who lost outright. That was in the 35th Ward, where the incumbent Vilma Colomb was defeated by the challenger Ray Colomb. Voters dumped the incumbent in the race for Alderman of Chicago's 35th Ward on the northwest side. Challenger Ray Colomb defeated Vilma Colomb with 58% of the vote. And in this the campaign has renewed hope not just for the 35th Ward, but for the city of Chicago tonight. You know what I'm talking about? Ray Colon's grassroots victory over the machine's candidate was the biggest upset in recent Chicago political history. The battle over basketball at Unity almost never came up in the campaign, which focused on the usual urban issues, crime, development, housing. But, so many agree, Unity Playlot was the genesis. Without it, Ray Colon never would have run in the first place. Unity brought people together around an issue to make a difference in their community. It was people that were saying, look, you're not going to crush our spirit. And we have a right to say how we want our community to be. I won. You know why? Because I told her to build that basketball court in Unity Playlot, man. I told her, man. But when they replaced that alderman with Ray Colon, the basketballs rain down from the clouds. Meet me at Unity Playlot. It was just a great catharsis, great sense of elation, one of the highest points of my life. I think that everything that comes after will be in some way a compromise, a disappointment, um, and, and I don't think it'll ever get better than that night. The moment our man was anointed and the belief that everything would be great, that, you know, it will, it'll never get better than that. <laughs> make sure everyone knows, make sure everyone knows.